Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, the video game music podcast. This is episode 9-7 and we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernet. And every week we get together, we listen to music from all consoles, all generations, all genres, and we just have a great time doing it. Yes, we do. And at the same time, we try to do some dimensional crossover if need be, you know, just to kind of see what other, other, other lines of thought are taking on and what they're doing. Because why not? <laughs> we'll have the Dark World episode next week. We got to hold to that now. Yeah. I never thought about that, but I want to. That'd be pretty good. Now, this week, we have another special treat. We are doing, not just going to do Final Fantasy music, we're doing Final Fantasy music with our good friends from the band Rare Candy, uh, Chris Baines and Matt Barros. Thank you for coming on the show, guys. Thanks for having hey, us. Hey, thank you. So um, why don't you um, maybe just go, we'll go around the table and introduce yourselves, maybe what you play in the band and uh real quick maybe you can give me like one of you one or two of your influences in video game music uh okay uh my name is matt barrows uh i am the rhythm keyboardist the most <laughs> sought after position in any band uh, <laughs> and uh yeah i don't know um i mean i was conveniently enough uh final fantasy was a, a big influence um Final Fantasy in Castlevania, just kind of like gothic-y orchestral kind of stuff is, is things I like. Absolutely. I like to hear and play. Um, so yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> All right. Cool. And I'm legit. Chris. Mm-hmm. And uh, so funny thing is, the reason that uh, I kind of reached out to you guys to, to try and hop on here is you had a guest on that uh, played an entertainment system song. And that was a band I started 14 years ago, oh. and it really uh, just was awesome to hear that to hear that people still listen to that stuff, and it was great. But um, yeah, that that was just I don't know, really made my day. But uh, for Rare Candy, I play bass, uh, and I do a lot of the arrangements. Barris, uh, Matt does a lot of the arrangements as well. And uh, for Final Fantasy, I mean, Nobuo Ematsu has been a huge influence on a lot of the original music I do, and then also a lot of the. Uh, the video game arrangements so a lot of that prog rock slash just kind of any genre he can really you know fill out and it's just really awesome and inspiring yeah absolutely and um those kinds of like like the way uematsu kind of blends that rock and jazz and kind of orchestral like cinematic styles is is really uh, inspiring and i'm really happy to see that inspiring not just your band but a lot of other bands out there sure definitely cool yeah now my name is Pernell. I play the pans and the pots for the band Skittlebrow. Um, <laughs> my influences vary greatly. Actually, I am a huge fan of, you know, basically the Dig Dug OST. Yes, it got me very inspired and made me feel as though I had a calling to play the pans. I, I can't quite lay down the why or the what, but uh, we've been doing pretty good for a while now. Yeah. It's been good. No, yeah, I know you put you put down the cast of the nets for the pots and pans. I do. Yeah. I don't, I don't mess around, man. I bring the heat. <laughs> I just play that whistle that goes. <laughs> 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 it's very important. It's yeah, it's good for rave music and only it's that. It's the glue that holds everything together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Truly. He's like the bass player, you know, he just keeps he if he if he didn't have a bass player or that weird kazoo whistle guy, you wouldn't really have a band, would you? Right now, I mean, we're we're looking for ours right now. <laughs> well, hey, just saying, <laughs> if we found I'm them for some side work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta pay these bills, guys. Um, 
<laughs> I heard there's a lot of music, a lot of money to be made in uh, playing in a video game cover band. I'll get down. Yep. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, man, we're we're billionaires. So. <laughs> uh, um, well, let's let we'll get into more into your um, into your your rock star uh, uh, memories and crazy stories. But let's let's get into some music and we'll talk about some music. Um, so this week we're doing just Final Fantasy, just Final Fantasy. Like we're not going NES, SNES, handheld, whatever. Just, we're doing it all. Final Fantasy Flood. The Final Fantasy Flood. We're opening the Final Fantasy Flood gates. Oh, okay. The levee has broken on the Final Fantasy front. So, <laughs> how much f- further can we go with this? It's a flood of Final Fantasy for now. <laughs> Phantasmagorical Final Fantasy Floodgate freak show. Flip out. I don't know. Uh, right. So, who's first on this one today? <laughs> um, I hear, go let, on. Let's talk to. Our, uh, let's uh, let's leave it up to our guests. Um, Chris, uh, you brought a track. Why don't you introduce this and we'll give it a spin. So, I chose Giza Plains from Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age. Uh, I've been playing a lot of that lately. I know that's one of the Final Fantasies that fifty people, fifty percent of the people hate it, fifty percent love it. Really depends on who you talk to, but uh, everyone will pretty much agree that the soundtrack is fantastic. And surprisingly, it wasn't uh, just Uematsu; it was a collaboration between him and uh, Hitoshi Sakamoto, who is mm. one of my other favorite composers. Who also did uh, Tactics and yeah. some of the, uh, I think Dragon, one of the Dragon, what was it called? A Dragon Age. Uh, I can't remember. No, no, Dragon Warrior. The, not Dragon Warrior. Um, it was the Capcom game, Dragon Quarter, uh, Breath of Breath of Fire. Oh yeah, 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 yeah Breath yeah. of Fire, Dragon Quarter. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, though, great, uh, great composer. Really, uh, really cool orchestral arrangements. That's really kind of his thing. He just really does a lot of orchestral stuff. Whereas Uematsu kind of is a jack of all trades. Uh, Sakamoto has really kind of got that that orchestral vibe down, uh, really to his science. Yeah, we are. And, we are uh, big fans. This is just one of my favorite songs in the game because it just goes through so many ups and downs, and it's just. A really uh, fascinating tune in the way that it's written. So, yeah. All right, let's give it a spin and we'll talk about it when we come back.
All right, and we're back. You're listening to the Giza Plains from the game Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age, composed by uh, Nobuo Uematsu and Hitoshi Sakamoto. And you are right. This has got Sakamoto all over it, really. It's, oh, definitely, it's got yeah. That big, big mm-hmm. sound to it. So definitely a great pick. So I saw this on recently when I turned on my, my PlayStation. Is this PlayStation 4 only? Yeah. And this is, I believe they reorchestrated a lot of the soundtrack. I'm pretty sure this is, I think most of the tracks got uh, some reorchestration, mm-hmm. and I think this was one of them. So they kind of are a little bit bigger, and the, the instruments sound a little bit more realistic than the uh, PS2 version. Oh, very cool. Now, out of curiosity, you said you had mentioned earlier about the 50-50 divide between the love and hates of Final Fantasy XII, but what is your impression personally of Final Fantasy XII? I love Final Fantasy XII. I have a lot of issues with the story. I kind of wish Mitsuno, the uh, director who left kind of halfway through it, uh, the Final Fantasy Tactics director, uh, ran into some issues with Square and the staff, and he left uh, development. And he didn't want to have Vaughn or Pinello or any of those kind of like, you know, the the likable... Uh, young, more of that Japanese type of character that's, you know, kind of thrown in there for, that doesn't have a lot of substance, uh, where Bosch was supposed to be the original character, and uh, I, I wanted to see the game like that, but still, even with uh, all that stuff, you know, that, that kind of happened after he left, the game itself is great, I like the Gambit system, I know a lot of people kind of look at it and they're like, oh, we don't have to actually play the game, but... It kind of starts that way, but as you get into like some of these like more difficult fights, you really have to kind of keep an eye on how things are going. You have to manage your elements. You have to be, watch your healing. Uh, you know, give yourself buffs and stuff like that. Um, and I don't know. I like the story a lot too. I just think the game as as a whole is a really uh, <clears throat> interesting and and different uh, from the rest of the series, and just a really cool uh, a cool sidestep from uh, what was going on. I think with the the mainline series. I have to agree with that a hundred percent. Like I got to the game bought the PS2 original and kind of lost interest in the plot pretty quickly, which is odd because I both like that about the game and hate that about the game, which is that the plot doesn't really centralize around your party. Things are going on in the world as a whole, and you're kind of a small part of the big picture. But it was the world exploration and the hunts and the ridiculously awesome Gambit system that really put it over the top for me. And you are definitely 100% correct about how... You need to manage your stuff because if you're running blind, you'll. I remember there was one boss in the game. You probably remember them too. It's been a long time, but still, where you fought them, and they would beat you down to the point where you're about to die, and then your gambit for cure would kick in. And as it's running through the timer to start it up, <laughs> yeah. the boss would cast zombie on everybody. So if mm-hmm. you allow yourself to heal without stopping it, you'll kill yourself mm. because the game accounted for you auto healing everybody. Yeah, I felt. I felt like uh, I didn't like the Gambit system at first because I was so used to like RPG weight mode and battles and stuff like that. But then I've kind of fell into it and started to really enjoy the kind of like programmatic quality of it. Like it's very logic based. And then our friend Mike straight up told us like they made Final Fantasy for programmers. Like this, that this, that's what the system is essentially. <laughs> it's like if then, then this. You know, if then, then this, and then loop that. You know. I was gonna say I like that it's a lot more relaxing to play too where I can kind of just sit on the couch and if I want to like grind I can just kind of walk around and kind of let it do its thing and I know like I said some people don't like that but you know when, now that I'm a little bit older I don't you know mind it so much of having to sit there and stare <laughs> at the TV I can kind of relax and just kind of let it do its thing and if I need to kind of take the wheel uh, a little bit later you know it makes grinding a little bit less of a chore definitely Bosch, I mean, take I, the wheel I like it in uh, in concept uh, like I really like the aspect like you said like programming and kind of 
seeing the results and you're like, I I gave this AI basically, but I, I feel like the flow in that game, it, it's more of like steps than a curve. Like you're introduced to it and then you set up this thing and then you're you're like, wow, I did this and it's cool. And then you just kind of ride that out for a while. And then later on, you're like, all right, I guess it's time to tweak this. Or I mean, maybe it's just me, but no, yeah, I, mean, I, I, the... I would like the a more constant like tweaking system instead of just like one and done and walking around for a while. So let's move on to our next guest, uh, Matt. You brought a original Final Fantasy track for us. I think you went in a uh, different direction. Okay. Uh, yeah, I kind of uh, did a little cheat with this one. Uh, I chose Final Fantasy Legends Epilogue, which is actually uh, kind of like a remixed medley of two of the other songs in Final Fantasy Legend. Um, but it's, this was actually my first Final Fantasy because uh, I never, I never had the NES one uh, at, when it was coming out. Um, so this was my first like big delve into the world of, of Final Fantasy gaming. Cool. And uh, this track in particular just kind of, I guess, summed up what what I really like about VGM as a whole is just listening to this and kind of being reminded of the the journey I took while playing the game. Um, yeah, it just it, it always stuck with me, um, and I would I can't remember if I knew about the the sound test mode or if I would just rebeat the game. But I remember <laughs> constantly just doing what I could <laughs> to hear this song again on my Game Boy, um, and now now we don't have to. But, uh, <laughs> it's still, I think a really good song. Bless right. you, Internet. Well, let's check it out. Yeah. This is um, the epilogue music from the game Final Fantasy Legend. This is for the Game Boy, right? Correct. All right, let's check it out.
Wow. All right, that was Epilogue from the game Final Fantasy Legend for the Nintendo Game Boy, composed by Nobuo Uematsu. Wow. That just took me back to being like a young kid sitting in the back of my dad's station wagon on long road trips playing. Yep, hoping <laughs> hoping the sun didn't set. Yeah, <laughs> so wasn't Final Fantasy Legend, am I getting this mixed up? Wasn't it the Saga series in No, Japan? you're not. You're correct. Yeah. Okay, okay. I couldn't remember. I know, I know uh, Adventure was second in Setsu, but I wasn't sure if yeah. Legend was... Yes, Final Fantasy Legend was the first of the Saga series. Then Saga 2 was Final Fantasy Legend 2. Yes, the third game was also Final, um, Saga 3. And then, like you said, Saiken Densetsu was Final Fantasy Adventure. Um, it's But they're all just such good games. In the oh, they're form. fantastic. The Legend the, the legend soundtracks, 1 and 2, are both so they're good. so I'm glad, good. Uh, Matt picked those, actually. <laughs> yeah, thanks for picking a, uh, a Game Boy tune. Like we, of all the Final Fantasy music to, to pick from today, going, going right to the Game Boy. Um, I really, really appreciate that, especially with this track in particular, has like a dynamic range that you don't usually get from a Game Boy track, and, that, and it's all yeah. down to Uematsu. That's so amazing. Well, yeah, so it's, it's kind of like you know, it, it, it's the beefier version, I guess, of both of those two songs as far as what mm. what he gets the the chips to do. Like it's, it just yeah, it sounds a lot better than. I mean, I like the other, like, the, it's the main theme and the wipe your tears away. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, this version of those, both of those tracks is, I, I feel far superior. Super cool. It's a, I think that's kind of fun. I feel like this is, may well be my first, you know, quote unquote Final Fantasy game as well, just like you, because I only ended up getting the NES Final Fantasy game because my dad screwed up my Christmas present one year. Um, I wanted Final Fantasy Adventure for the Game Boy. He brought home Final Fantasy for the NES and thought they were the same thing. Uh, they weren't. But <laughs> if it weren't for that, I probably wouldn't be playing you know, you know, the vanilla Final Fantasy series as it is because I learned that big numbers on the screen wasn't a scary thing. Um, yeah. And also, I almost find that funny because maybe it's just me, but did you feel that the Legend games or Saga games were actually harder than okay. traditional Final Fantasy games because they were to me. I'm just saying I thought they were pretty tough. I remember, like in the later later in the end game, you had like glass weapons that did like a ton of damage and then would just break. Yeah, it hit yeah. the crater over the head with a glass sword. It felt so satisfying. But, like, after it broke, then you couldn't like equip another weapon like mid fight or something. Like, I, uh, I know you could. I think you I had to like you had a stack of items in your inventory, so you would just pick the next one down. But Carrying around that glass sword meant you couldn't carry something else. Wow, which sucked. And yeah. I, I will say, uh, I recommend watching. Uh, I, I can't remember if it's a YouTube video or if it's a Retronauts uh, podcast episode, but Jeremy Parrish did something on the Saga franchise, and he really just kind of walks through uh, the history of it and why it exists and what the director is really going for and oh. why it's kind of like off the beaten path from a lot of the other RPGs going on and why it was just really didn't feel as much like a, a normal Final Fantasy game. Um, and I, I check on the YouTube. It may have been on his Game Boy Works uh, YouTube uh, series. So, uh, but yeah, take a look. Just look Jeremy Parrish and uh, I think Final Fantasy Legend or the, the Saga games, and you should be able to find it. But it's really fascinating. It's a really good watch. Wow, yeah. we'll definitely link to that on the website. But let's let's keep this moving. Pernell, what 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 what, 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 what are we looking at? You brought some music today. I did. You, I know you did. Oh, <laughs> oh crap. Well. well there goes that. There goes that one. I'll just pull one out of my pocket then, because I did not bring any music today. 
I actually decided to go a little bit different for this episode too, um, because since like our, on our end we're going a little lighter, I was like, well, why not go with something I've wanted to get on the show for my own selfish reasons for a long time now. So the track that I picked was from the game Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles: The Crystal Bearers, and it's called "This Is the End for You." It's composed by Hidenori Iwasaki, Ryo Yamazaki, and Kumi Tanioka.
Well, you just listened to the track final from the game Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, the Crystal Bears, titled This is the End for You, for the Nintendo Wii, composed by Hidenori Iwasaki, Ryo Yamazaki, and Kumi Tanioka. This track... Are you sure this track isn't from... Um the it's world. Halo and Final Fantasy tribute album. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't know how to refer to this track at all. Like, well, I thought it was like it sounded to me like um, like a Jet Set Radio like rock track or. Uh, well, it's weird. That. Like fun fact about this game, I've never played it in my life. Um, what it was was I was playing Final Fantasy Curtain Call, no Theater of the Curtain Call, and this track was unlocked. For quite a ways in, if I thought, if I remember correctly, or at least I just didn't play it for a long time. And once I did, it immediately stood out to me, and I became hooked on it. I decided to figure out what this game was about. And then it turns out that the game did not review very well, and it didn't, like, the footage didn't seem all that exciting to me either. But the idea was that you were a character who could actually, like, they used the Wii remote to, like, kind of lift objects and throw them. So I pretty much established the fact that I do not ever want to play this game because... <laughs> uh, motion controls? No, no, no. It's just the fact that between the reviews and the footage I did see, I built up the battle that this music would play to way more in my head oh, than it could, ever, it could ever live up oh, to. Yeah. Like, I picture the guy, like, lifting, like, entire landscapes and just, like, hurling them <laughs> into space. <laughs> Whatever's out there. And... Instead, the game probably just has you like juggling a pebble, you know, you know, got to run like mm-hmm. ten laps around the chocobo track or something nonsense, like whatever. Be the boss in that game, but I, I just genuinely love this. And then I learned apparently while researching it that apparently when they commissioned these guys to do the OST for the game, they walked in expecting the music to stay. Like they figured they wanted it to sound like other Crystal Chronicles games, and they were like, no, we want it to be nothing like the other Crystal Chronicles games. We want a completely different direction with this. And like you said, I guess the guy really had a thing for Van Halen. I don't know. That's rock and track. It's very different. What do you guys think of it? Oh, yeah. No, it's awesome. It's definitely a Purnell track. Yes. <laughs> I've never heard one. It's so nice having other people on the show who are like, yeah, Purnell would like that song. <laughs> Sounds like it would be in a, a niche Japanese battle yep. RPG. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. Am I that obvious, everyone? <laughs> no, it's just, I mean, well, I mean, we've been it's doing like, this show oh, for a Check while. out this new thing I downloaded for my Vita. <laughs> Here's what the battle music sounds like. Like, that's that's what it sounds like to me. Which, I mean, it's really good, and I, I also download good. those titles. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's hilarious, but it's true. Well, we've got your number for now. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to do more of the um, battle music, but I'm going to the, the Final Fantasy game, which surprisingly I've probably played the most of, uh, probably just below Final Fantasy X. This is Final Fantasy VIII for the oh, Sony right. PlayStation. Um, this is the uh, the battle track "Don't Be Afraid," which I think is might be my favorite battle track in the, in the series. I love it. Again, Great song. Um, composed by Nobuo Uematsu.
we're back. You've been listening to Don't Be Afraid from Final Fantasy VIII, composed by Nobuo Uematsu. And this this song, to me, like, I loved the battle theme in Final Fantasy VII and, and the themes in VI and, and V and, and all, all the, the, the Super Nintendo titles. But when I first heard, I remember when I first heard this, I was like, it sound, to me, it sounded modern. Like, it sounded like this is for, like, a new, like, for current modern I don't know. It just sounds so so advanced. Like the way the um, that first motif kicks in, it's almost kind of minor, and then it goes major, and then it gets really like kind of dark, and then it builds back up again. It's it's such a battle theme, but at the same time, it's really really different, and and, and for me, like sort of ushered in that new era of like Final Fantasy style music. It might just maybe overthinking this <laughs> I feel like Final Fantasy 8 uh, was when Uematsu really kind of had a good idea of how the hardware worked the audio on the hardware for the PS1 uh, mm-hmm. I feel like Final Fantasy 7 kind of like still felt like SNES soundtrack in a little bit of ways wow. obviously One Winged Angel and a couple other tracks on there are a little different but I feel like 8 was when they really just kind of kicked it into high gear and really started taking advantage of the extra audio power uh, that yeah. the PlayStation had definitely this darn game. <laughs> this freaking game. Oh my god. Like I it's no secret to the world that Final Fantasy VIII and I aren't the best of friends. Um but I won't die though. The the OST to the game is definitely solid. Yeah, this one you got man with the machine gun, oh, the yeah. boss theme. Yeah. But I still think it's funny, especially because of who we have on the show, that I want to outright bring it up that it was definitely a testament to both the soundtrack and the power that the Final Fantasy name held back then that I had no interest in buying this game initially. I really did not. And then, at a, at a lone day on, in 1999, Matt picked up the game, and I was like, oh, you got Final Fantasy? He's like, yeah, I guess he was on his way somewhere else, but he stopped by my dorm room, put the disc in, used two summons in a battle. <laughs> and I was immediately on the bus to, to, the, to the local store to buy my own copy of the game. Like, that's all it took. Gotcha. <laughs> it got me, and then I got home with it and put more time. I was like, why did I buy you? <laughs> oh, yeah. The music and the summons. <laughs> oh, we got the summons. But I still like to just kind of point to like the bat, like, you did that to me. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so I, I'll say, man, Final Fantasy VIII, like, I'm not a huge fan of it, but the first disc is one of my favorites in the series. All the way up to the assassination, I thought it was just so well done and so, like, kept me on the edge of my seat the whole time. And I felt like it started to fall apart a little bit. And by the fourth disc, man, mm-hmm. the moon was crying. There was monsters falling out of the sky. There was different dimensions. I was, I was lost. I really, I was just like, one I minute don't you're get dancing at a ball, the next minute I still had a lot of. I had a lot of fun playing the game. I um, yeah, I did too. I did it until like the summons were absolutely required in a lot of the random like harder <laughs> random battles, and then like you couldn't skip through the animations. And I'm like, I don't oh, have God. all day to do this. And you couldn't. <laughs> you didn't want to use your draw spells. And like and like Chris said, like it, the story took this weird twist yeah. where one minute you're dancing on a ball, and the next you're on a space station running from aliens. Because apparently this is that kind of game now. So this is one of the like one of the earlier ones where like you could like rename the main characters. I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before, but I picked that my brother started playing this game and then he gave me his save file and his PlayStation. He went off to like college or whatever, and I started playing it. And he named um, Squall Buttman, <laughs> and I played. <laughs> Fitting. Serious. Must have been like forty some fifty some hours as Buttman. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was very I'm pretty hard. Sure Square was between Squall and Buttman when they were naming the characters. So. Squall's pretty bad. Close enough. Well, Buttman would be a much more appropriate name, I have to say. <laughs> oh, I played. I would say I got near the end of the game though, because early on I stopped pretty much around the assassination plot, like Chris mentioned, the end of that first disc, essentially, and I stopped. Then an old college friend and I, he well, world, so he issued a challenge to me to see who could beat the game first. It was meant to inspire me to play through the game that I had already panned. So I was like, sure, no problem. I started the game over, played the game, trying to beat him to the end of the game. The moment he tapped out and said, I'm done, I put the game down and never came back. I was in, <laughs> I was about to fight Ultima Weapon inside of some sunken base or really? something. I was grinding for meltdown drums, pulls. Or draws, rather. And that was, I was like, okay, I don't need to play it anymore. Good. Done. Out. But um, I keep telling myself one day I want to come back and give it another try because, I don't know, maybe there's something that I'm missing that made so many other people fall in love with the game. And I'm willing to give it a go, but in a sense, it's sometimes more fun just to talk about how much I don't like the game because it's humorous <laughs> that way. There's a lot of heated discussion about which is the best Final Fantasy. I, um, I know we all have our favorites. I don't think anyone is actually... Bad. The Spirits Within is the best one. Spirit. Is That's that questionable. Dirge of Service. Yeah, there's some bad ones out there. <laughs> no, but someone, someone out there likes them, you know. And they're, maybe they're just, maybe that game just isn't for me. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> I am okay with that. Touche. Touche. <laughs> Excuse me. Choking on my own rage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I know we had just started, but it is now time for. The bonus round. Bonus <laughs> round. The bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes based on the theme. Um, so we all brought a bonus round track. So we started this off with uh, Chris, right? So Chris, yep. what is the um, track that you brought for us? Uh, so I chose a track from from Final Fantasy Record Keeper, which is uh, a mobile game. The mobile game that I have put way too much time into and that I adore uh, I've I've fallen off it a little bit lately, but I've played it for about a year and a half straight, and uh, have spent a little bit of cash in there. But um, they do a lot of arrangements uh, for the game during specific events, or like during the holidays, or, or certain um, times of the year for like spring and summer. They'll have like different uh, Final Fantasy arrangements based around that that kind of uh, feel and vibe. Uh, and this one is the Christmas arrangement from Final Fantasy VII. So they did this during, I think it was a year or two ago. I think it was actually the first Christmas of the game was out. Um, and it's a really cool arrangement. It goes through a lot of different movements. Uh, and I just, I really kind of wrote it off the first time I heard it, but then I listened throughout the the whole arrangement and I just kind of fell in love with it because it just, it really, really changes it up throughout the whole uh, song. And it's just really cool to listen to. All right, let's take a listen. I, I, I got to say, I was really curious when I saw Medley of Christmas for a Final Fantasy game. Um, so this <laughs> has been my first time listening to it. So I'm really excited to check this one out. Sweet.
That was the Medley of Christmas from the game Final Fantasy Record Keeper. This was arranged, an, arra- uh, an arrangement of Final Fantasy VII music for a special event, you said? That's it's so different. That was so, so different. For the Christmas event, yeah. It's, it's really awesome. So many good arrangements for that. I would, just, I would recommend looking up uh, all the Final Fantasy Record Keeper arrangements because they're all just as good as that one. And some maybe even you might like better. Oh, cool. Was this played during the battles, or was it played during the menu select sessions? It's just a title screen, yeah. It's oh, just an extra little thing to play while you're looking for stuff to do. Wow. Yeah, I dig. I won't lie. I'm typically anti-mobile on the show, but, yeah, I was I was nestling upon the, the Final Fantasy Record Keeper bosom myself for quite a while. It was a little bit much. Yeah, <laughs> it was a great there. game. I was obsessed <laughs> yeah. with this game. Do we? Do you guys know who arranged arranged this uh, this music? It's I. I can't find credits for anybody. I only see Uematsu yeah. listed. Yeah, neither could strange. I. Maybe I'll maybe I'll be able to track it down and give credit on the website. But yeah, I couldn't find find it at all. But no, this is really really cool. Like really really cool pick. Um, I will never listen to some of this music the same way again. <laughs> it's always going to sound Christmas <laughs> Christmassy to me now. There's something to be yeah. said about like record keeper. And the medleys that were in the game, and just right, and, um, medleys from Final Fantasy in general, because there are a lot of video games out there. And in this day and age, we have way more video games than ever, really, series and just individuals. But when I listen to a medley of Final Fantasy music, I very rarely, if ever, find myself hitting a track where I don't know where it came from, or I don't have memories of what inspired it, or things of that nature. And it immediately clicks with me. Like that entire track. Every changeover, I could point where it was from, 
you know, a good memory of that part of the game, like all those cool things, hmm. where some games will have a medley. It's like, that sounds good, I guess. <laughs> that's good, too. But, no, nah, this is – it definitely resonated very well with me. It yeah. was nice to hear. And, and the, key, the key changes throughout the medley, like, really kind of – it felt like um, like the swelling of, like, a classic, like, Christmas, like, carol-type song. Um, so I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, Matt, what, what, what track did you bring for us? Sure. Uh, I will just go ahead and pick uh, the Black Mages Clash on the oh, Big Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's <okay>. great. <laughs> Unless that is somebody's already picked. No, but it was real close. I was starting to sweat. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's listen to the Black Mages Clash on the Big Bridge.
Oh my goodness. That was uh, Clash on the Big Bridge from Final Fantasy V by the Black yep. Mages. Oh. So good. <laughs> they got they do this, they have that, that, that rock organ, you know? Like that sound yeah. is so it just fits so well with with their like first of all, their arrangement. And it's just so Final Fantasy sounding. I love it. I love every time they yeah, use it. Yeah, it's on the on the organ. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Well, that'll tell it. <laughs> it's, it is his, well, he is one of the members. Uh, I, guess, I guess it's his band, right? I, I, I definitely knew it was rela- <laughs> It was affiliated with, um, I believe I definitely knew it was related to Umasu in some way, but I didn't know he actually played in the band as well. Oh, I did not know that, honestly. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, just just the keys. Uh, well, there's I guess there's two keys. Uh, it's I cannot remember the guy's name. He did the Einhander soundtrack. He does all the synth stuff. Oh wow! Um, but it's it's a lot of square composers that, that play in the band. Cool. Final Fantasy V has to me has a lot of good music, but this one and the Fire Powered Ship are the tracks that really set that game apart for me in the music spectrum. I love them to death. So, yeah. oh god, that was a good choice. Yeah, great, great, great pick. Yeah. So, Pernell, are you gonna throw me a curveball? I don't know. It's up to you guys because I my track is also the Black Mages, but it's a different <laughs> track. So I was like, whoa, <laughs> I want to double down. But personally, I feel as though the track is good enough yeah, that think, doubling down on Black Mages is not a bad thing. I think we can double it up. All right. So I'm going to go with that. Just for this record, though, for those listening, in case you're like, what was he going to pick otherwise? It was going to be Sit in the Factory from Final Fantasy VI. But mm. I want to hear this one. Okay. So it's the decisive battle from Final Fantasy VI, also composed by the Black Mages. Absolute classic. Can't have too much of an awesome thing.
And we are back. Ow! If your face has not been completely melted off, that was uh, the decisive battle by the Black Mages. Um, another great pick. It's gold. It's gold, Jerry. <laughs> gold. Super, super gold. That went, that went super platinum gold. If I ever found myself in a situation where I'm in a back alley brawl between two burning buildings <laughs> against overwhelming odds and the things at stake are endangered orphans, <laughs> I want this music playing in that skirmish. I want to have it over the speakers. <laughs> you are pumped. I've never seen a song get you so pumped. It's, it's really good. Like, I always liked this track in general from the prime, in this actual original form in the game. But when I heard this rendition of it, by the band, it. I don't know how to explain. Like, I want to re. I want a re-release of this game with this as the boss theme inside of it. I want this to be it, and I don't know how to describe it. Like, I just, I feel good listening to it. Yeah. I feel invigorated. I don't know how to explain. So it. the the funny thing about you talking about how it gets you all pumped and everything, I, I recommend looking up the live performances in Japan. And if you watch the audience, everyone is just stone cold just sitting in their seat in, <laughs> what in japan it's like apparently rude someone told me it was rude to like you know jump around and kind of like behave that way at a rock concert wow. so they're just a bunch of people lined up just wow. i mean square in a seat just staring ahead while these guys are rocking out on oh, stage it's, I, it's can hilarious. Almost, I can't even imagine how that would like tradition or it. not it's, i just picture the guy it. on the stage like rocking out the guitar and he's looking out on the audience they're just like oh <laughs> 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 oh, oh <God>. neat. <laughs> yeah, that was really great, guys. <laughs> Gotta get home. <laughs> Ten o'clock. <laughs> they have to get into the car, and they finally release all that pent up rage. <laughs> They're like smashing around their car to silence. Describe it. Well, my my pick is a lot more mellow and not rock and roll at all. So this is the. Um, but it is from the Black Mages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah! They did a, a like a chill like Brian Eno style um, track. Oh, he's not joking. It is for the Black Mages. No, I'm not. Oh, oh. No, I mean no, I am joking. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm totally uh, off here. Uh, the, this is um, by um, an artist named Donny Cord- Cordoni. Um, or yeah, Donny Donny Cordoni. Just he goes by Donny. Um, and this is from Final Fantasy X, Mount Gagazette. Oh, your favorite. Yeah, my mm. favorite. Yeah, and this is called Staring Off. And I've been loving, loving this tune. So I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. 
Sometimes Yuna would just stare off into the distance. I finally understood why. Uh, that was called Staring Off from uh, Final Fantasy X Mount Gagazette. Um, and that was remixed by Don Cordoni um, for his album Button Mashers. That was on the Game Chops label. And I picked this because, well, one, I love the music from Final Fantasy X. And the game Final Fantasy X is, uh, is really special to me. And um, But the music from Donnie, he does like these really stripped down kind of chilled out house music versions of the music and it just because it's so stripped down to these basic elements i i find it's really really effective um he actually has a marble madness remix on this album that's really good and i love it's just such a weird weird take on such a weird song to begin with but yeah for our listeners i really urge you to check out um donnie cordoni it's d-o-n-i um what do you guys think of that i know We've been playing a lot of rock music, so um, were you into that at all? Yeah, it was good. It faked me out on the the ending like three times, but uh, yeah, it was, it was really good. <laughs> yeah, it, that, I didn't realize how that track really lent itself to that uh, that EDM trance house kind of vibe, which is it was cool. I liked it. Yeah, it's always neat when they can kind of subvert your expectations um, in that way. Um, but now we are going to go deeper into the bonus round. Deeper, deeper. How the, deep are we talking? Sub level. You know, scraping out, just going. I can, I'm running out of adjectives. We're gonna call this the <laughs> like real deep, uh, real deep. Pranel, yo, <laughs> this is a real deep. Get real deep. Uh, we're calling this the extra stage. Rhythm and pixels, ex. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what we like to do with our um, our guests, artists on the show, is we like to play music 
um, from them. So uh, why don't you introduce your first track? Matt, you want to take this one? Uh, sure. Um, so this one is uh, off of our newest album. It's actually the newest song that we've added to our repertoire. Mm. Um, and I, what is our our third uh, Legend of Zelda franchise medley cover? Um, it's this one has. Uh, I, I guess I won't. I won't spoil it. I'll let. I'll let them show up in the in the songs. But uh. Yeah, this is this is our Legend of Zelda third medley. This was because Matt's so modest. I will say it myself. <laughs> he he arranged this song for the band. It was it was all this is his baby. Oh really? And, uh, we've had a, I think we've had a Zelda song on every single album uh, we've released so far, which is kind of kind of awesome. So we didn't want to break the trend. <laughs> all right, let's give it a spin. <laughs>
great. That was so good. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. So that was the uh, Legend of Zelda medley um, by the Rare Candy. That was fantastically arranged. Thank I you. am happy to say, Matt, that your baby has become a golden child. Uh. <laughs> um, before we forget, I want to credit the other guys uh, in the band. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Dominic Sequetti. Uh, That's how you pronounce his keyboards. name. He's also the head guy of MAGFest. You may know him that way. Uh, John Smelly Smeltzer on guitars. <laughs> and uh, John DeCampos on drums. Yeah, those, that was awesome. I, 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 first time I saw you guys play, it must have been seven years ago at Oticon. And oh, wow. Yeah, Pranel was, Pranel was like, yo, my friends are playing. They're in this band. You're going to love them. And so... Um, and it was just awesome. You guys were just, you guys just rocked out. And um, at the end, I think you guys turned the lights down and you played a track from Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh man. man, this is bringing memories back. It was, yeah. I was like sold. Like, like we, everyone in that room was like so invested. We were like, like yes, we are here. <laughs> it was awesome. If you can believe it, they're finding ways to, to jazz it up even more somehow. Like, I was lucky enough to see them play last weekend, and I can't remember which song it was, but at one particular point, Dom actually made his – he tilted his keyboard up. It was oh. like playing it slanted for some reason. <laughs> oh, that's like every song. It's That's his favorite thing to do. <laughs> I was like, what the heck is that? I saw a picture of, uh, on Facebook of you guys playing, and I thought that you were like – throwing your keyboard like like rocks <laughs> i was like that thing's probably expensive. time for a new one <laughs> Get out of here. so uh as for the album uh you can purchase it on Bandcamp. uh it is also on itunes google play amazon i believe you can stream it on uh spotify and all those other streaming services out there so just so you guys know it is uh the album is called the evolutioning uh just like how it sounds rare candy the evolutioning Awesome. Uh, and, and just for uh, information's sake, uh, that track included Twilight Princess, High Real Field, Spirit Tracks, Realm Overworld, and Wind Waker, The Great Sea. Yes. If anybody wasn't sure of one of those, the tracks in there. That was amazing. One random thought I just had, um, since you guys seem to do a Zelda track or medley on every one of your albums, is there a possible chance that one of these is going to see remixes or a cover from the Game Boy games? Uh, maybe. Well, actually, I uh, since Chris, I don't think we our second one had anything, did we? We redid uh, uh, Zelda. Oh 3. yeah, yeah, yep. Um, but yeah, we uh we did have a Telltale Heights uh cover oh, on our uh, our first, first album. album. Yeah, buddy. So for all you Game Boy enthusiasts, they got you covered already. All right. So you didn't just bring a rare candy track, Chris. You brought um something from your own project. I did. Uh, I just put out a solo project of video game covers. Uh, like I said, I've been doing this for 14 years, so it's this is new to me, doing my own thing. I've always been with a band. Um, I wanted to play my Final Fantasy medley, but it's 11 and a half minutes, so <laughs> I thought I would spare uh, you guys and, and the rest of the uh, your listeners uh, that long. It's a great track. I love it, um, but it's also on the album. But I brought uh, Castlevania Aria of Sorrow, uh, and this is the Clock Tower. And I actually, this is the third time I've arranged this song. I arranged it once for Entertainment System, uh, once for Rare Candy, and uh, we didn't end up using the arrangements in either of those songs, so I finally got around to doing an arrangement and releasing it uh, after, God, probably eight, nine years. It's been a while. Yeah, this one's definitely special to me.
didn't know what time it was before that, you sure as heck do now because that was the Clock Tower <laughs> theme from Ari of Sorrow, composed by Chris here. Well, composed by Mitri Yamane. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Arranged he stole it by, from Chris. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just a guy who does podcasting. Look, he's just very enthusiastic about that tune, man. I really am. Like, was, oh, I'm happy. This is I, I I wasn't making that up, man. This track to me is ridiculously good. They said you did a very good job on one of my favorite tracks from what I still believe is probably my favorite of the Game Boy Advance Castlevania line, possibly even the DS line too. And it I don't know what else to say about it. This is it was superb, yeah. man. Yeah, excellent stuff. What would you say was your favorite your favorite part of arranging that song or performing that that tune? Uh, honestly, I I really enjoyed programming a lot of the horns for it. I mean, yeah. playing guitar is always great, and I do that on all the songs on the album. But um, I really had a lot of fun doing the horn tracks on that and uh, getting the dynamics and just kind of like you know letting it take over a little bit. Because um, a lot of times, most of the uh, the orchestration stuff is stays in the background for mm-hmm. most of my songs, and the guitars are up front. But uh, that that track, the the horns really kind of get to come through and really be the lead for a little bit so i i love that um and uh for the track you can uh for the album you can find it on Bandcamp if you look up uh chris baines b-a-i-n-e-s music i'm sure you guys will put links up or or something like that but um excellent and i'm also on youtube i do a bunch of videos for these songs i do playthroughs so you can kind of see how they're played on the guitar and there's a bunch of game footage uh so just search chris baines music on youtube uh, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, you name it. Um, I'm on there talking about stuff, putting videos up, putting songs up. So uh, definitely follow me and, and try and, and subscribe. Uh, I'd love to share more stuff with more people. Well, for um, links for all of the, the bonus round artists and for um, our guests uh, on the EX portion of the show, go to rhythmandpixels.com, <laughs> and we'll have it all there so you can check out their band camps and sound clouds, and you can support these great artists. Thank you for joining us on episode 9-7, Final Fantasy Music, with members from Rare Candy, Matt Barrows and Chris Baines. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for, Thanks having, for having us. us. It's a good time for sure, guys. It was, I enjoyed chatting with you on here. Rob enjoyed chatting with you on here. Though I have to slip in this quick question because I've been, I do it all the time, but now i got you guys on a recording, so it's even better. Oh, man, it's official. Yes. Will there ever be a chance of hearing you guys do a track from the E series? Yes, mm. it's going to happen. <laughs> if, if I'm involved, there's going to be a track from the E series, whether it be Rare Candy or my solo stuff. But uh, I actually had started working on one. I didn't finish it quite yet. Uh, I'm not going to spoil which track it was, Ooh. but uh, eventually there will be one. Uh, I can promise you that. Yeah, buddy. I'm getting <laughs> Um, One of my favorite series, man, in terms of music. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. It's so over, uh, underrated. It and really doesn't is. Get enough love. Throw it in there as many times as you like. Well, I mean, you've got Yuzo Koshiro doing the original tracks, and you've got all yeah. the arrangements through. Um, I can't even think of the name of the group anymore. But like the, Falcom all, Sound. Yeah, the Fal- Falcom. Yeah, uh, uh, Mika Ishikawa. 
just all this amazing, amazing music. Um, and yeah, and every, but, I mean, Final Fantasy is fantastic, but the Ease music is, is another, just another great, great stuff. So good. So, so good. My childhood wrapped up in, that, <laughs> in the three games right there, pretty much. Well, I'm really, really happy that we finally um, got you on our show. Um, it's been nice. This, this whole summer, actually, we've had a lot of great uh, musical guests. And, and um, this, you guys have been by far um, just really, really fun to have on the show. Um, I know you guys already plugged your music, but um, you guys want to give like one last plug for like maybe uh, uh, projects you're currently working on or maybe give us like a sneak preview on what you're doing next? Matt, you got anything you want to? Uh, I mean, well, like I said, we, we just released the, the Evolutioning, uh, which is our, our latest uh, five-track EP. Uh, it's available on Bandcamp and iTunes and Google Play and Amazon and streaming services, yada, yada. Uh, future plans, uh, we're, we're probably going to have to build up uh, a little more of a catalog. So we're just going to be working on a coming up with some new tunes um but yeah we'll be playing around and if you're you see our name well the there are a few bands <laughs> apparently that uh gained to call themselves rare candy oh, uh, really now we are group out there too <laughs> there's there's a yeah we we are the longest standing and the one that actually relates to the title i guess <laughs> Um, but yeah, you see us around uh, East Coast uh, generally. Um, sometimes we venture venture away from, from our hiding spots. Um, <laughs> but yeah, come check us out if you can. Um, and I want to say one thing about the, the Rare Candy album real quick. The original name that we were going to use and we should yes. have used <laughs> was Rare Candy 3 Tokyo Drift. Oh, <laughs> no, it's so good. <laughs> we should, it got vetoed by the other guys, but really? I swear yeah. I still... I still oh. just dream about it. That yes. that's its name. Yeah, you have to, yeah, in our in our hearts. Oh, you have to do it now. You have to do like some initial D remixes or something, and like take that over. <laughs> just a bonus indeed, album. indeed, like, and just like re-release it with one additional track. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the, um, um, Tokyo Drift didn't have like the original um, Fast and Furious cast. Maybe this would be like you call it Tokyo Drift, and it's like someone else completely on the album. <laughs> <laughs> we, we get one of the other Rick Indy games. <laughs> yeah. 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 There, it be amazing. there it is. Um, so as for me, uh, I do a podcast also called uh, N-A. It's N slash A on, on iTunes or, or whatever podcast service you use. Uh, we've only been doing it for a couple months. We don't really go for listenership or anything like that. It's just a fun thing me and a couple buddies do. It's really laid back. It's it, it's really just stupid, honestly. But if you want to hear me talk about uh, video games and, and curse a lot, uh, <laughs> a lot less than I did on here, uh, well, excuse me, a lot more than I did on here. Um, you should check that out. It's it's hard to find. It's a big uh, yellow N and A and a black background. So uh, you're gonna have to scroll way down. <laughs> yeah, we were joking <laughs> about that. The other there's day. not a lot of listeners. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, uh, just check out the Rare Candy albums in my uh, my album. And uh, yeah, I hope you. What is your album it. called, Chris? Oh, I. That's good. <laughs> <Hold on. laughs> Uh, the name of my album is Tofu Mako Toro. Uh, it is T-O-F-U-M-A-K-O-T-O-R-O. And it is after my three ferrets. Uh, not to kind of dampen the mood or anything that, that did pass away. One of them just recently passed away, but I wanted to dedicate it to them because they were awesome. 
And uh, yeah, they the, the artwork's on there too. You'll see them uh, drawn out by uh, one of one of my artists, uh, Joseph Carr, who's a great artist in Baltimore. They did my album art. But yeah, thanks for reminding me that. Hey, yeah. <laughs> that was I was looking out. I do one thing I wanted to bring up just off the top of my head I thought was funny from when we were talking about before. You were telling me about your podcast over the weekend. We were talking about doing the show this week. And you was like, oh, yeah, I do a podcast too. And I was like, what was it called? And you mentioned it A. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. How you like? How do you find the, tra- the the podcast? Like, how do you keep track of it? And apparently like Chris had told me that every week NA stands for something else because I was wondering what it stood for. <laughs> I was like, holy crap, that's got to be hard to keep track of. <laughs> we try as hard as we can not to get new listeners, and we're very successful. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are going to fail this week, because maybe uh, a few of our listeners might drift over, Tokyo Drift over. <laughs> <Yeah. Nice. laughs> I, I also, yeah, there it is. I also want to give a shout out to um, the, the person, I can't remember his name. Uh, he was one of your supporters that was on uh, oh, a month and a half ago that played Entertainment System. Yes, uh, yeah. I, that, it was just that was great to hear, and it definitely brought a brought a tear to my eye to to hear people uh, speak so fondly about that those tracks though that it's tracks that I hadn't listened to in, in probably five or six years. Yeah. So he'll yeah, be he'll be happy to hear that. Alex is a big supporter of the show and, and of like the, the podcast scene, and he's he's very he's, he's very um, he's genuine. He's genuine. Yeah, he's very um, excited about uh, video game music and classic video game music, and so yeah, he, it was great that um, that he brought that out and, and that he could. Uh, pull you in emotionally yeah thank you alex i really appreciate it all right um so if you got nothing else um we'll see you uh next monday on the rhythm and pixels video game i almost call it the, the movie podcast <laughs> that could be a funny episode for tokyo next drift week. <laughs> tokyo drift uh the rhythm and pixels video game music podcast uh, my name has been rob nichols and i may still be pernell <laughs> thank you for listening and have a great week and remember yeah work Making money, paying bills, that's pretty much what we tend to do here and there because that's just kind of what we're conditioned to do. However, sometimes you might have that calling, that thing you want to do in order to make yourself feel good and feel better. It might be, you know, crafting. It might be composing music. It might be cooking delicious meals. Don't feel as though just because you're in this one pigeonhole that you have to be committed to that and have to forget the dreams that you actually would like to pursue. Research them. Figure out what it might take to get to that actual profession start soft smart start low get to the point where you can actually build momentum and give it a try because while they do say that maybe not everybody can pull it off just because they said doesn't mean that you can't be one of the ones that do so give it a shot if you if you dream to believe and do it and accomplish this goal and who knows you might be the one you might be pulling off a chris baines music sometimes (laughs) good luck (laughs) don't let your dreams be dreams yes (laughs) oh man just do it (laughs) 